You're listening to The Setup Podcast, a podcast that helps you navigate new topics in music, tech, and entrepreneurship with the most disruptive professionals in the music industry, turning their experiences working behind the scenes into actionable advice you can use. I'm Sydney. And I'm Sam. And we're your hosts for The Setup Podcast. If you're like us, passionate about paving your own path, hit the subscribe button on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite app because we'll help set you up for success at The Setup Podcast. I want to say a quick shout out to our amazing listeners. Truly, I created this podcast to help those who are new to the industry, just like I was once. And I'm very happy to learn that I can also provide insight to those who have been in music for a while. I want to give another shout out to all of our new listeners of The Setup Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. In case you missed last week, we learned how Megan connects with her fans through her genre-bending performances and personal brand. This week, we have, for the second time on this podcast, we want to welcome back Katie Zaccardi. She is a coach and educator for musicians, music teachers, and music coaches, helping them grow their business and bank accounts while ditching overwhelm, self-doubt, and burnout for good. After dedicating 10 plus years of her life to the music industry as a student, indie artist, and music professional, she now creates a life of freedom, abundance, and music for herself. She founded Out to Be to give music entrepreneurs the tools, support, and motivation to do the same. Today, we discuss how Katie helps you define your brand as an artist and craft your messaging to be your authentic self. Today's podcast is brought to you by our friends at Bandzoogle. Built by musicians for musicians, Bandzoogle is an all-in-one platform that makes it easy to build a beautiful website and EPK for your music. Our listeners can go to bandzoogle.com to try it out for free for 30 days. And if you enjoy it, you can use the promo code, the setup to get 15% off your first year of any subscription. Hey. Hi, Katie. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. It's good to see you again. I know. Long time no chat. How are you guys? (laughs) It's been good. I feel like things have been crazy, (laughs) but it's all good stuff. Um, You just moved. Yes. I'm in Nashville now. <laughs> nice. Where were you before again? I was in New York. Mm. What's yeah. up with that? I just needed a change of pace. Like I grew up in New York. My whole family's there, which is amazing. And I love it for that reason. But like I was feeling like I needed to almost just kind of, I don't want to be like cut ties, but I needed to just like go off like truly on my own, like away from like my comfort zone in order Mm -hmm. to kind of grow. And um, as much as I do love New York, it was like, there just wasn't much growth happening in the ways that I wanted it to. Yeah. So thanks so much again for joining us today on the Setup Podcast. It's so great to have you back. It is my pleasure to be back. I'm really excited to chat with you guys today. For those who who haven't heard our previous interview, I want to say it's a couple of seasons ago at this point, we discussed monetizing um, via Patreon. You gave us a breakdown of how artists can use Patreon to connect with their fans. Um, But just like as a reminder for those who are coming or listening again and for the newbies, can you give them a brief intro to yourself? 
Yeah, so I'm Katie. I'm a musician and coach for musicians and music entrepreneurs. My focus and expertise is really around uh, branding and social media and launching and sales paired with mindset. So in everything that I do, like I'm very much like a strategy and systems plus mindset and personal development kind of gal. <laughs> I don't really believe you can have success without one or the other. So um, what I do with my clients is help them to build their fan base. And part of that is clarifying their brand, build their fan base so that they can then implement streams of income to monetize like Patreon, like we talked about last time or a coaching program or other VIP offers that they might implement into their business. So that's the bulk of what I do as we do it. A lot of, you know, questions and mindset blocks and just like personal discoveries come up. So I always work with my clients uh, to work through those. And yeah, that's just a little bit about me. Thank you for that. That was short and sweet and to the point. I love it. <laughs> um, so you recently just created this um, new program or part of your program um, for artists to discover who they are and who their brand is as a musician. Mm -hmm. So you've identified six archetypes that everyone that you've worked with can easily identify themselves as through various assessments that you provided. So please tell us more about that. Yeah. So essentially, funny enough, we talked about Patreon in the last time and I have a program called Out to Launch Patreon Edition. When we last ran that program, um, of course, before you launch a Patreon, you've got to have an audience. Otherwise, you're not launching to anyone. And when we did that round of the program, we had a full month that was based on audience building. And I had um, already had a program. It was a very small program called the Audience Builder Bundle at the time. Um, that was just about like social media basics and things like that. And when we really got down and dirty in Out to Launch Patreon, my, the group just asked, so many amazing questions they they really got into it and it kind of gave me all of these ideas and broke open um more expansive ways for me to coach and bring this information to people so after during and then after that program i really started to brainstorm how to build out the audience builder which is what it's now called um as its own course and uh, we've done that and in part of doing that i had this download one day where i was like I really feel like one of the biggest things that musicians get tripped up on is their brand. You say brand, they maybe don't even know what it means. You say brand, they think, oh, it's my genre or, oh, I'm like a blue aesthetic kind of gal, like, <laughs> or like black and white or dark and moody. And sure, those are components of your brand. But given that we're in the age of the personal brand, it is so important to make sure that your brand is about you as a holistic person, you and your music. And I was noticing some musicians who I really loved on social media thrive, who got it, who were embracing this personal brand and other musicians who were just feeling like they couldn't really break past that barrier. Like all they could talk about was their music, new music out now, here's my new song. But they weren't able to really figure out what a brand looked like for them and be able to implement that. So I had this thought where I was like, I really feel like the types of brands, like the overarching types of brands falls into maybe like four or five categories. It ended up being six. But for several months, I workshopped it. I brainstormed. I listened to a ton of music and observed and studied a ton of musicians. I would ask my other industry colleagues, like other coaches in the industry, 
Uh, Brie Noble was a huge help to this because she mm. listens to a ton of music too with her Women of Substance podcast and just be like, what do you think of these categories? Like, am I missing something? Does this really encompass everything? And we ended up with six archetypes. So these are essentially the six types of brands um, that you can be as a musician, keeping in mind that it encompasses who you are as a musician and the actual music that you write, as well as just who you are as a person and what your message is. So those six archetypes are the romantic, the inspiration, the advocate, the observer, the entertainer, and the party animal. So that's what we ended up with. <laughs> and now um, from that created a quiz, that a free quiz that goes along with it. And of course, that's one part of the brand system that I teach at large inside of the audience builder. Um, but it's such a juicy part of it. And I wanted to do it for free because as a quiz, because I feel like it's such an easy and clear way to get for musicians to get started and figure out like, Hey, what is my message? How do I engage with my fan base? How do I like really relate to my fan base and show up on social media and beyond in a way that people know, oh yeah, for instance, with Lizzo, she's really inspirational. She's about positivity and body positivity and self-love and feeling yourself like I know who she is. Or someone like Katy Perry, who's kind of party animal. Like, yeah, she's about like staying up late and she's got like her crazy weird theatrical show like <laughs> in Vegas. And you just kind of know where these uh, musicians that you love fall into. And you should know that as your, for yourself as a musician. So mm -hmm. that's what we aim to do with the quiz. Absolutely. I love that because that reminds me of the many different personality I test I used to take when I was in like high school or college trying to figure out what I wanted to do in life yes. based on my personality. So that kind of, I think that makes it really digestible for musicians to kind of step out of themselves a little bit and try creating um, a persona, their brand and still keep it consistent for their fan base. Um, totally. so if you, I know some of them sound like they could be, um, straightforward, but can you just give a quick overview of which each one of these mean? Absolutely. And I also just want to say it is so not a coincidence that last year, last summer on my podcast, I did a whole series on like those types of personality quizzes, Enneagram, astrology, yeah. like Myers-Briggs, <laughs> we talked about all that stuff. Cause I really believe that. It No, it's not, you know, you don't have to live by it. But like when you can understand yourself better, you can show up better for yourself and for your business. Absolutely. And this as a business tool is doing the same thing. Right? When you can understand yourself better in this way and your brand better, you can show up better in your business. So that's why we did it. Um, but I'll give a walkthrough of what each archetype is. So starting with the romantic, romantics are very much lovers of love. Like think Taylor Swift's of the world, Olivia Rodrigo. Yes, everyone writes about romance. Like, that's a given. So again, keep in mind here, it's not just about the songs that you write because you can write songs about love and not be a romantic. Romantics really love to talk about love, take their fans on their journey of relationships with them, allow their fans to kind of live vicariously through them. And whether it is breakups or makeups or anything, you know, just experiencing new love. Maybe um, a lot of like LGBTQ artists might fall into this category who are really advocating for that and kind of showing up for um, that group of people. Like people who are romantics are people who really demonstrate vulnerability, who are kind of um, 
really into hope of being maybe like a little hopeless romantic, never settling for less than they deserve. And they're really relatable to their audience. So that's sort of like crash course in the romantics. Mm -hmm. I love using Taylor Swift, Ed Sheeran, Charlie Puth. I would consider them all to be romantic archetypes. The inspiration, um, like I said, Lizzo's very much an inspiration (laughs) and there's a bunch of others too, but inspirations, their mission and their music is here to help their audience know that it is okay to feel when things get tough and that they're not alone and that they will get through this. So whether it's kind of helping people to stay positive during hard times or simply just coming from a place of like fun and positivity and hope and community, um, inspirations are really about those vibes, right? Like being yourself, following your dreams, being confident, supporting each other. And so they are really empathetic. They are really positive and they really create connection on their platforms. Um, a couple others, like I think Jake Wesley Rogers is a great example of, um, inspiration archetype. Same with even like Kelly Clarkson, Selena Gomez. We see these themes in their music, but we also see it in who they are as people. The advocate is very similar to the inspiration. So I would say that these are probably like the closest ones, but advocates um, go possibly like a layer deeper, meaning that they really desire to get a specific message out there and really change the world with it. And they don't shy away from bringing awareness to and talking about harder topics like mental health or social injustices. And they're using their platform to have open conversations and create Mm -hmm. a loving environment for anyone who might be struggling and really needs to feel heard and supported. So they are really thriving uh, and embracing authenticity and courage and again, community. Um, I like, I think Lady Gaga and Demi Lovato are, are pretty big examples of this. Like they're often writing and talking about, um, you know, their struggles with the mental health or mm-hmm. addiction or, you know, um, sexual assault awareness and, and things like that, where they're, they're not afraid to speak up about these topics and they create a really safe space for their audience to feel you know, seen and heard. Yeah. You know, what kind of, I think that comes to mind, um, which is totally like the opposite spectrum of like angst and anger. So like rage against the machine, that's yeah. honestly, <laughs> because they're so political and they bring yeah. up all these social injustices and they built a community around it and they pretty yeah. much educated some fans that I wouldn't, you wouldn't really put two and two together as much. Definitely. Even you too. Like I went to a U2 concert maybe like five years ago and like they are pretty political in what they do mm-hmm. too. Like they, you know, whether it's environmentalism or animal rights or politics in general, like it, it there's, it's not like there's a cap on what you can yeah. be an advocate for, but like any of those topics where, where you look at someone and you're like, oh yeah, they're really advocating, they're educating, they're really standing for something that, some that especially topics that might be a little bit more taboo they're probably an advocate um so the next one is observer so this was one of the ones that was the hardest to name and the hardest to kind of grasp because uh it's almost hard to describe but observers their mission is to tell stories and a lot of times when i say that again this is one of the ones where like a lot of musicians are like well yeah so am i like if you're writing a song you're telling a story (laughs) but with observers it's really about like telling approaching it in a way that shows like those raw struggles ups and downs of life life simple pleasures and sure the stories might be about them but it's also as the name suggests very observant like they're really 
like taking what they see about other people and about the way the world works and sort of reporting back. And that's going to show up in their content too, right? They're going to talk about experiencing life, experiencing new things, um, how we're like interacting with each other. So they might approach life with like a heavy dose of nostalgia or sentimentalism or realism. Um, they also might be people who've kind of experienced a lot in their own life or just really like to connect with people um, through storytelling outside of music <laughs> and of course inside, but just through hearing people's stories and struggles. They uh, Their top qualities are like discernment. Like they're really, they really have a talent for thoughtfully reflecting on life, um, honesty and empathy. And I think that Casey Musgraves and like Johnny Cash are really good examples of this. Um, but a lot of like country and rap artists, I feel like kind of mm -hmm. uh, fall into this category. <laughs> yeah, I was <laughs> going to actually be just that, but <laughs> I was going to bring up if you think like Kendrick Lamar, like yes. more, yeah. more like poetic or like Red Hot Chili Peppers that literally their songs yeah. sound like it's a poem or yeah. something that they're actually observing. Yeah, cool. I think I think that Kendrick is actually on our results page for observers. Oh, is it? Um, <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Um, or he might be. I have to double check, actually. Advocate, too, because he's a little advocate-y. Yeah. Um, but uh, the next one is the entertainer. So the entertainer archetype is, <laughs> as it sounds, here to entertain people. Again, but I'm here to entertain. I'm a musician. Yes, I get it. But <laughs> entertainers, like, think about your goal. If your goal, as an ins if you're an inspiration, it's going to be to, like, help people feel positive and connected and confident. As an entertainer, you want to make people laugh. Like you want to bring joy. You want people to come to your platform because you are funny. You're hilarious. You've got a flair for th the theatrics or comedy and your audience loves you because they you allow them to have fun and really let go while you're in their presence. So that's really the big thing for entertainers. I really think of actual comedians, so like Bo Burnham or Weird Al, of course, are going to be entertainers. But then I also think of like Harry Styles, David Bowie, Prince, where like it's just super theatrical. Like their mission in life is to just make you feel good and laugh and like get into your body and kind of just like experience, <laughs> experience the world, experience music. So that's the entertainer. And then the last one is the party animal. So similar to the entertainer, party animal's goal is also to help you really just have fun. Um, they're really encouraging their audience to let loose, to live a little, experience life, try new things, like enjoy being young. That's a common theme that they'll write and talk about. And just kind of, they live that lifestyle. You know, it doesn't mean that they're necessarily going out and partying and like doing drugs every day, but they're living the lifestyle where they're always seeking pleasure in their life. They're always seeking fun in their life. And so they're inspiring their audience to do the same. Diplo. So <laughs> What'd you say? Diplo. Diplo. That's yeah. like the first thing that comes to mind. Cause I swear God on his Instagram. Well, he could be an entertainer too, but he's always doing something and he's always sharing like some new country he's in it's like okay yeah yeah exactly yeah world travelers <laughs> like that kind of stuff is very party animal um bruno mars too like i feel like he's a big one that i think of um and at, like i said earlier like miley cyrus uh katie perry kesha like i feel like at least like the 2009 era versions of all of those pop stars <laughs> yeah. i definitely would consider them party animals so that's kind of the crash course on all the archetypes so now that you um, gave us an overview, have you taken your own quiz and which one did you come out to be? <laughs> well, I, you know, I haven't 
taken it because I know where all the answers go to, so I would be cheating. But I, <laughs> I think that I am an observer right now. And I'll actually use that as an opportunity to share that you may shift and change which archetype you are over time. So if I looked back at who I was as an artist um, in college and even the couple years after college, I probably would have been the advocate archetype because during that time I was experiencing a lot of anxiety. If you guys know my story or you heard the first episode, like that's how I got started was as a wellness coach actually. And so um, I was experiencing a lot of anxiety and just learning how to navigate through that and really passionate about talking about that in the music industry, because especially at that time, there were not great support systems. There were not a lot of open conversations about it. So that's a lot of what my music and what I wanted to talk about was around. So I would have been an advocate. Now I'm in a very different period of my life. I just moved to Nashville. I'm experiencing a new place. I'm having to make new friends in my twenties. I'm having to like explore relationships in my twenties. Like, um, and so those kind, I'm getting to know myself better. And so those kinds of things are what I am literally writing my music about and what I feel passionate talking about. And so for this period of my life, I would consider myself to be an observer archetype. Um, but again, that can shift and change five years from now when I'm, you know, doing something different, who knows? <laughs> That's a really good point to bring up too, because I mean, it's just so natural as a human being to change, especially exactly. as your life and evolves and you try new experiences and do new things and meet new people, like exactly like what you said. So um, how does this translate into them as an artist? Maybe they they take your quiz and they know these things about them, but how do they outward wordly like port, like be authentic and stay to these types of things like what do they do next i guess yeah. so to simplify it down to something that you can walk away with from this episode i would say the biggest two next points are number one clarify your message from there through creating brand pillars and then number two bring that into your content so i'll start with the kind of wrapping up the brand and brand pillars. So this is gonna get you started on that brand journey. And once you know your archetype and what you are passionate about talking about and how you show up and connect with people, you can start to figure out your brand pillars, which is gonna be like three to five themes that really encompass what you wanna say, what your message is. So really just think about this as your message. So if I were to use the example of myself, all of those things that I listed earlier, that's gonna fall into my brand pillars. So like number one, um, moving to a new city and like getting <laughs> acquainted with it, right? Like experiencing life in a new city. Number two, making friends in your 20s. Number three, um, exploring relationships and dating in your 20s in a new city, right? There's some overlap there, but like those are the things that I would talk about. Number four, like, I don't know. That's probably it actually, <laughs> that's a lot. So th that would probably be mine, right? And so you wanna think about this, you wanna think about what you're writing about in your music a lot and anything um, that you also are just like tending to talk about in your day-to-day -day life. So clarifying this message is going to help you know what it is your content is based off. And so once we know those brand pillars, we can then create content based off of that. With your content on social media, I personally am a fan of TikTok nowadays. So a lot of my thinking, you know, 
is through the lens of TikTok. But honestly, regardless of platform, you should not just be posting all music. And you certainly should not just be showing up and being like, hey, new song out now. Okay, that's like my whole post because that's not effective. People want to know and see you. So what you can do is, yes, you, I mean, I'm not saying don't ever post your music, post your music, use these things as information for hooks that you can create when you are presenting your music. So for instance, if I wrote a song about moving to a new city, the hook that I say before I play the song in the video might be like, this is for anyone else who moved to a new city in their twenties and feels really lonely. So people who resonate with that will stick around and listen because they know it's for them. So you can use that information to um, help add context and connect with people through your music posts. And you can also create content that goes beyond the music. So start thinking about ways that you wanna talk about your brand pillars, that you wanna talk about these things on your platform that don't necessarily have anything to do with your music. Um, so that's how I, that's like the basics of how I would get started. And there's obviously a lot of ways that you can create on social media, figure out what works for you. Do you like to do face to camera? Do you like to do voiceovers, skits, you know, figuring out how you want to flex that creativity muscle and then pairing that with the message with your brand is going to be how you can create effective content. Absolutely. I love that you um, kind of did like an overview and broke it down some more. I'd also say too, when it comes to content, you can have a variety of ideas that resemble you and, you know, fall under your themes. For example, you can make it super general um, sometimes, but what really attracts and like keeps those invested are the very specific scenarios that are super relatable. I think this is so cool that we're having this conversation because a couple of weeks ago, we had a conversation with our first musician, well, like our first musician in a while. And we were talking about her personal brand and how it relates to her music because she is known for many different things. Um, like she performs very differently than when she records. Mm -hmm. She's very different on social media. But the one thing that she said is people show up for the very the various persona, like the themes that she incorporates into her brand. And it's not just, hey, I have a show tomorrow buy tickets or like, yeah. Hey, I have a new single. It's more so kind of like warming people up to what that's all about and giving them idea of like, like, you know, how and what went into it and really get them in more invested into her as a person. Exactly. Yeah. It's like people want to follow and support you. They don't care that you, that random musician is playing a show. They're not going to go to that show unless they care about you. So before you worry about promoting anything, including like what you normally think of as promoting your music, really just think about creating relationships and building a community first and foremost. And Focus on that for months, not just a week, not just a couple of weeks. And then you, you switch back to, hey, come see my show. Really intentionally focus on that because when you do, that's what's going to get people to the point that they actually will buy from you. And keep in mind that when someone's coming to a show, that's buying from you, right? Like they're investing money into you. They're taking the next step and saying, I really like this person. I want to go get that merch buy that, you know, a ticket to the show, join their Patreon or whatever it is. And they need to feel like they know, like, and trust you, which I'm sure mm -hmm. your listeners have heard that term mm -hmm. before, but you know, no is literally like 
be clear on your message and start posting content so people literally have an opportunity to know who you are. <laughs> Second is like, and that's where that building that relationship comes in. And then trust is over time, they'll continue to have that relationship with you and then want to take that next step. That's like the very simplified version of it, but <laughs> but it is really important. So um, how do I put this? So like you said before, you used to be an advocate and now you're more of a, of, um, oh my God, observer. <laughs> um, how do you still maintain that old fan base while also kind of curating and gaining a new type of fan base? How does a musician manage both of that? That's a great question. And I think that as humans, we don't usually just wake up one day and then we're like, well, I have completely changed my interests and who I'm like. And, you know, like <laughs> we don't just like have like a complete one. Epiphany. Exactly. <laughs> and then you wake up and you're like, hey, everyone, I no longer care about mental health and I won't say another word about it. Like that's not how it works. Right. <laughs> and your audience is would be shocked if you did it that way but most likely how it happens is it's a slow and gradual progression and um just growth that you go through as a human and so when you continue to show up authentically just in alignment with who you are and what you believe in you will be able to make those small tweaks along the way and gradually make any change that is coming and your audience will therefore follow along with it Will everyone maybe stay? Not necessarily, no, not necessarily. But at large, if your audience cares about you, which again is is the goal, they're gonna also be going through that journey with you. They're probably gonna have similar evolutions that you're having, or at least be interested in watching it. So don't, I think, you know, the bottom line is like, always be, and I do this in my business. I encourage everyone to do it. I honestly do it monthly at this point. Quarterly might be good too, but like we're always growing and evolving. It's good to have a check-in and be like, okay, what are my brand pillars? What am I working on? What am I writing about? What does my content look like? Does this feel in alignment? And if something feels a little off, what adjustments do I want to make? So that you're always making those little tweaks, not in a way that makes it overwhelming, but let's say that you know, there's one topic that you were talking about and you're like, eh, I'm not really feeling like I want to dive too much into this anymore. But something new that I'm learning or that I'm working on is this, and I really want to share more of this. So you can kind of just make those adjustments as you go and it'll make that change more gradual. And it'll people will also see the evolution where like when I moved, it's like, oh yeah, she moved. Like that's what she's going through. <laughs> like that's just what's happening in life right now it, it's not um out of nowhere and it makes sense to people as long as you give them the context and you take them along the journey with you i love that wait so you didn't just wake up one day and was just like well packing all my shit and i'm moving <laughs> to nashville <laughs> it was uh that would have been quite interesting if i did well i do make decisions quickly sometimes but yeah i it wasn't a one-day process <laughs> we got to get on board with me <laughs> took me uh, a while to get on board too <laughs> um can't deal with my family more can't deal with new york like let's let's go completely new city <laughs> um but you know going i like how you uh stated a little bit earlier about having the musicians stay true to themselves and making sure that their content reflects 
gen, you know, genuine personal brand and, you know, what they're going through in life. So what is the silver lining between creating content for your fan base versus still staying true yourself so that the, you know, artist isn't just, you know, trying to attack a certain type of fan that might not be genuine to them? I love this question because I think a lot of people feel like in order to be successful, you have to grow on TikTok. In order to grow on TikTok, you have to write and think and breathe and live TikTok and TikTok only. And then they feel like they're not in integrity with their art or they're like writing with like this veil over them. They feel like they have to write something that like is hooky or will go viral or any of that crap. Mm-hmm. And that is not true. What I tell all my clients and what I'm going to say here is always create for you. Okay. Create, create, create for you. Create what feels in alignment for you. Do what you need to do when you're writing by yourself or co-writing to create a sacred space. And don't worry in that process about anyone else. Don't worry about, is this going to be a hit? Is this going to go viral? Are people going to love it? Are people going to resonate with it? Just create the art that you want to create. Once the creation process is done and you're going to actually market that or just simply share the song and maybe you just want to show up and be like, hey, I wrote the song today. I want to share it with you. Once you go to do that, then just take a beat and think about, all right, did I write this for me? Yes. Is this from my soul? Yes. And I am not the only human in the world who is experiencing whatever this song is about, right? So sometimes we as musicians, like our art is so personal that it's like the only one who gets it is me or like, you know, it's all about me. (laughs) Like, again, we want to keep that integrity during the creation process, but take a beat before it goes to the world and say, how is this going to resonate with other people? Who is this going to resonate with? So let's say you went through a breakup and you sat down alone in your room at midnight and wrote a sad song. And then the next day you're like, I think I'm gonna share this with people. Instead of being like, I went through a breakup and I'm experiencing all of this, this is my song. Think, who is going to resonate with this? People who also went through a breakup, people who got cheated on, people who feel so angry they wanna key their ex's car. Like think, go through and like literally just journal out how and who is going to resonate with this, how they're going to resonate with it and who they're going to, who is going to resonate with it. And remember that it is about more than you and it's about them. And if you really, if your mission is to get your music heard, then you have to think about who is hearing that music, what position they're at in their life and why they need to hear it. And then speak to them, speak to them. So you're not putting your art in, you know, in, um, what's the word I'm looking for in uh, jeopardy of integrity. <laughs> like you don't have to sacrifice any of that, but in order to effectively market it, we want to think about the consumer and the consumer goes beyond you. It's not sleazy to think about who is going to resonate with this art and then talking to them. It's just doing justice to the actual song and to your fan, because just like you are a fan of music of other artists, Let's say you're a huge, I don't know, Lady Gaga fan. If she released an album and didn't tell you about it, you'd be like, um, excuse me. Like, what is that about? I really wanted to hear this and you just didn't tell me. How how was I supposed to know? Well, your fans are feeling the same way about you. And if you're thinking, I don't have fans yet, 
that's okay. In order to get fans that feel that same way about you, you have to go through this process anyway. So just keep that in mind when you go to market. I think that's a good way to kind of bridge that gap. Also, I think um, regardless, you always have one fan. I guarantee that there's at least one person that cares what you're doing and it could be your mom. You know, (laughs) it could be your cat that's like listening while you do it. You know, there's, there's someone out there that (laughs) like cares whether you know it or not. Um, and another thing too, I, I think it's really interesting that you brought up, like, you know, it has to resonate. It doesn't have to, um, like always speak to them with situations. Like for example, I'll bring up the archetype entertainer. Mm -hmm. You can make them feel, you don't have to make them like, relate to it per se, like they could have fun and that could be the goal. Like they could have fun. They could get away from their daily lives, be at the show and just have a good time and not really care about if, even if there are any lyrics at all. Um, it just, it has to, it has to like relate to them in some way. Yeah. Yeah. And the word resonate, I think, yeah, we normally might think like, oh, I've been through that thing, but you could resonate with it just by being like, oh, this is so fun. And I really want to dance and sing to this. It's like really resonating with me right now that this is the kind of energy that I want. Yes. Yes. I love that. That's a great, that's a great way to put it. So speaking of brands in general, I want to know about more about you and your brand. And I think this is a nice way to tie it all together and understand you more. We have one question. I'm pretty sure we asked you it before. So your answer may be different, maybe the same. What do you want to be known for? (laughs) I, this is so funny because this exact question is something I've been pondering for the last couple of weeks at this time. So I've been thinking about it a lot lately and I don't know what I said last time. I'm going to have to go back and listen. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm going to go back and compare to see if you changed yeah, them. Let's see. I watched it be like exactly the same. And then I'm like, all right, well, clearly. <laughs> Thank you. You have a mission to life. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's good. Uh, but yeah. Um, but anyway, I would probably, I would say that what I'm really wanting to do is help musicians and music entrepreneurs to change their lives. And that sounds really broad. So when I hone it in, to me, what it looks like is being able to, yes, make money and reach the tangible goals that they want to reach and have like the time freedom, the money freedom and whatnot to do that. But honestly, more than anything, what I've really been resonating, to use that word, resonating with and really like um, feeling aligned with lately is being able to create a space for musicians and music entrepreneurs to feel supported in their growth, meaning their personal growth along with their business growth. I think that there's a lot going on in the world right now. I feel like we're going to enter a time where things are just changing rapidly and it might feel a little chaotic. And I believe that that's not a time for us to retreat and stop going for our goals, but it's a time for us to move forward with more force and intentionality than ever. And when I say force, I just mean like momentum and um, drive and, you know, without like with the fire that we have to get what we want. So I really want to be able to create spaces both in person and online for people to feel supported and feel like, wow, I changed as a person and I was able to create the career that I wanted and make the money that I wanted because of Katie or, you know, with Katie's help. So that I think is (laughs) what my brand and, and mission really is right now. 
You are doing that. I can see that. (laughs) So um, we really appreciate those who lend a hand to others. And I really do think that's kind of like an advocate in a different way. (laughs) <laughs> not, yeah, not particularly yeah, for a right. cause, but like an advocate for others. Yeah, so you may be teetering. Self. Yeah. <laughs> my musician self's observer, but my coach self is yeah. advocate, probably. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Well, thank you, Katie. I want to tell you this is the first time that we've had someone back. So we thank you for honored. coming back on. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining me for another episode of the Setup Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please review the Setup on Apple Podcasts. And I encourage you to share this episode with your friends and colleagues. If you have any topic recommendations or questions, please visit us at www.thesetupseries.com. 